So, prior to moving to Colorado in 1996, uh, I had never really been a part of a church community. Now, hear me, I'd gone to church my whole life. But being an active, intentional, contributing part of a church community, I'd never had that, even though I'd gone to church my whole life. But in 96, uh, I moved to Denver, Colorado, and it was, it was an act of faith. Uh, the Lord had uh, opened up a job opportunity a, at a big church for me to do graphic design for this church and be their creative director. So I took the job, and I moved out here, and I started getting plugged in. And part of it was uh, I didn't really have any friends out here. I had one friend. He had a girlfriend, so I never saw the guy. Um, so if I wanted to be around people, I needed to be intentional. So I started doing door-to-door evangelism on Friday nights, and I saw that there were sign-ups for a Christmas play, and I'm like, oh, I've never been in a play before. That would be awesome. So I auditioned and got a part for the Christmas play, and I just made sure that I was intentional. And different. I'm working at the church, and so different ministry leaders would come and say, hey, Mark, what are you doing for lunch today? And I'm like, I don't know. You, you know what, what do you got in mind? They're like, good. We needed an extra vocalist for... Uh, we're leading worship, you know, for the kids at the school today. So you're going to be one of our vocalists today. So I'm like, oh, oh, I thought you were buying me Chinese food. But instead, like, you know, now I'm being a vocalist. So I got plugged in uh, in just about any way I could. And I started experiencing fulfillment like I'd never experienced before. And I started meeting people with Christ at the center, but finding out we had some really cool things in common. And I just started forging these amazing relationships. The first is with uh, a beautiful young lady named Kara Johnston, uh, the, uh, the woman now known as Kara Harper. Um, but we were in the Christmas play together. We'll go ahead and pull up that graphic um, of Kara and I, a young Kara and I. Um, and so I met Kara. And, and it's interesting because we were in the play together and then we were doing door-to-door evangelism together. And um, it was just really... Uh, uh, really cool, and it wasn't long before we fell in love. Um, we fell in love before we started dating. We made our wedding list before we ever had the first date. It was, you know, pretty awesome. Um, but I also made some incredible friendships that are still amazing friendships to this day. Um, my friend Will Jackson, he recently got me this most amazing gift. He's my fishing buddy, and uh and he takes me fishing, and actually he's up in Estes Park today fly fishing. And only a dear friend would give you a gift so audacious and, and big. Um, so this is the first uh, fish I ever caught on the Blue, on the Blue River. Um, and it's pretty awesome. So uh, that's my friend Will Jackson right there. Uh, I know you probably can't see him from there, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up here with Eli if you want to see it after the service. Um, but Will Jackson I met at Heritage Christian Center when I had that job. And, and we grew in relationship. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because we've had a ton of good times. But there was a time in maybe 2001, 2002-ish. Um, and he had, he had gone through a divorce. And he just, he, we got together one time and he's like, hey, I just need to be honest with you. He's like, you weren't there for me. He's like, I walked through one of the hardest times in my life. And I heard from you every now and then. He's like, man, that really hurt. And uh, I just responded, and I'm like, you're right. 
you're right, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, see, we go through the good and the bad, and things aren't always good. And in relationships, we have, we have speed bumps. And at that moment, our friendship, the one I have with Will, it could have gone one of two ways. But because of his honesty and vulnerability and because of my taking responsibility for a shortcoming and short-sightedness and self-centeredness in that moment, we actually, our relationship ended up catapulting to new heights. I have another friend, Richard Davis. I uh, met him in that time. Uh, he was actually the, the first person I met when I took a job there uh, because I was, hired to, I was hired to replace him. But he didn't know it at the time. Uh, it was kind of shady, I'm just being honest with you. It was a totally different story. But I was hired to replace him. And, and uh, well, I thought he didn't know. He ended up, he, he knew. He trained me. He showed me everything there was to know. Even though he suspected that I was there to take his job, he couldn't have been more Christ-like in the ways that he just gave. And, and so Richard is an amazing friend even to this day. In fact, um, for Sabbath Sunday next week, uh, Karen and I are going to Las Vegas for three days. And we're staying uh, in a wonderful, uh, luxurious room at the Trump International um, free of charge because my buddy for my birthday, he's like, hey, you know, you choose a, a property owned by Hilton and I have points and I'll apply my points for you so you'll get to stay for free. So just rich friendships. Rich friendships that were forged in the midst of walking in genuine church community. And I mentioned that I didn't really have that before. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tattle on myself. When I was a student at Oral Roberts University, um, they have a thing that's called chapel check because on Sundays you're supposed to get up and go to, Debbie went to ORU, you're supposed to go to church and you're supposed to be a part of a church community. They're, they want to establish patterns in your life. Um, <clears throat> I didn't really do that. Um, there were days often, this is so bad, um, I would set my alarm to get, because I knew when they'd come around for chapel check, I'd get under the bed with my pillow and blanket and sleep under the bed. And then when I heard them leave, the RA leave for chapel check, I'd get back in bed and continue sleeping. Isn't that horrible? That's awful. Imagine the, the, the awesome churches that I could have got plugged into if I wasn't hanging out with Pastor Sheets and, uh, you know, Brother Pillow under my bed. That was just brutal. <laughs> Alabama, roll tide. Uh, then in 98, 98, um, Karen and I, you know, by this time we were married, we moved up north and we got plugged into another church called uh, Metro Denver Church on the Rock and then it was called the Rocket Church Ranch and then later they renamed to uh, Rock Song. Um, but even in that place, I talk about from the minute that we started attending there, we were plugged in. As a matter of fact, I think from the first day that we were there, two months later, we were youth pastors there, but Al Keach and a, a brother of mine, James McMurtry, those guys are still, I mean, there's just a closeness to our relationship that has remained, but once again, with Christ in the center and doing life together in, in the context of, of just genuine church community. In fact, I mean, the timing is just uncanny because I mentioned Richard and, and how his friendship's bit like affecting me in amazing ways next week but this past week I went and played golf with Al 
and James, and James's best man, uh, Russ. There's a picture of us golfing. Go ahead and pull that up, Tommy. Um, and, I mean, that was just this past week. And then one more story. So now, obviously, we planted, we planted this church in 2010. Um, and just, this is, I had to laugh. I'm like, Lord, you just, you're, you're amazing. Like, the cherry on top. Um, this morning, I, get, I spend time with the Lord, kind of final notes on the message, go downstairs, knock out a couple graphics, and then I, I'm pulling the blinds, opening the blinds, turning the front porch light off, doing those type of things. Oh, I see there's a package on the, on the front porch. So I step outside and I grab the package. And as I'm grabbing the package, I'm like, oh, I'm in my underwear. I'm wearing a shirt, at least, thank God. And they're boxer briefs, and so it's not like completely inappropriate. But it's, So I pick, I pick out the package, I go inside quickly, and my phone rings, and it's the neighbor that lives right across the street from me, Rick Girk. I mean, right across the street. So I, I start laughing. I'm like, hello. And he's like, well, something, something must be pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, I imagine I know why you're calling. And he's like, what? I go, I imagine you saw me outside my underwear. And he's like, no. He goes, I, I, he goes, <laughs> he said, no, we, we uh, made... Uh, biscuits and gravy for breakfast this morning. Then we had extra, and I wanted to know if you wanted it. He's like, so yeah, if you want, you know, can meet outside. So I put some shorts on, and uh, and I met him outside. And Cadence, it's among her favorite foods in the world is biscuits and gravy. And as I'm getting dressed and getting ready for church, I'm just laughing like, Lord, you your timing is uncanny. And here's the thing, you guys. We are supposed to live our lives generously. We're supposed to get plugged in in a local church and have faith for how God wants to use us in that local church in ways beyond us, like me leading worship for, for the school, for the Christian school there, when I thought I was you know, going to go have a good lunch, and, and the ways that we thrive in. We are to be generous in allowing room for relationships to build. And we are to be intentional about being a good friend for one another. We are to take responsibility when we're not that friend that we desire to be. And we're to have grace for one another when that person falls short of our expectations and our hopes. We are called to serve the Lord and say, Lord, this is all I have to, to offer you, but it's yours. Use me how you will. Today we're ending our series, coming to community. But these, the things that we've talked about over these four weeks, they're going to continue to be talked about because they're important to us. They're things that are valuable to us and they're part of our culture. Today I want to start off talking about our mission in motion. We got a graphic for that. All right. My tech team, you guys got you guys gotta flow with me. This is what this says about our mission. Impact Rock Church is an authentically loving, Bible believing church built on Christ. Called to our Colorado community who glorifies and enjoys God and walks out the mission of Jesus beyond Sunday mornings. 
making genuine lovers and followers of him who intentionally and genuinely multiply themselves. That's a mouthful. That's our mission. To take a deep, self-aware breath and say, this is who God has called me to be as a member of this church, of this church community. Believing that we have been led by the Holy Spirit in this, there are four strategies that we see that we are to be diligent and faithful in helping us bring about this mission. So we're going to talk about them real quick. Number one, Sunday morning service. This time is essential. This is our primary, not our only, but this is the primary means of discipleship. This is the thing that kickstarts other means of discipleship. I made the comment last week that discipleship is the responsibility of every believer, not just, not just pastors. Um, it's a responsibility of every Christian. That, has been, that call has been given to every Christian to make disciples. So we come into this place and we get inspired and we get encouraged and, and we grab a hold of a morsel that the Holy Spirit just says, hey, chew on this a bit longer. Chew on this a bit longer. And, and then all of a sudden, he opens up opportunity to talk about it. And we find it, brother, and we go, hey, this past week at church, we heard this. What do you think about that? Let's talk about that. Let's look at that together. Um, Sunday mornings are vital. They equip, they remind. It helps us disciple people through worship and scripture and the work of the Holy Spirit in a warm and friendly and relaxed atmosphere. And you guys, you're part of that warm and friendly and relaxed atmosphere. Uh, we're all built differently. And, and there's, there's ways I'm built that you know, I don't love. Um, if I don't get to touch every person in this place, which there's never a week that I get, it just a week doesn't exist where that I get to say hi or hug. Or, I mean, Sunday mornings are busy. And I get home and I, I start beating myself up. Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't connect with Jesse. And oh, you know, I, I saw Jordan, but I really didn't get the, and, and I just, it just wrecks me. And then I have to give it to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, thank you that even though I didn't get to connect with Jordan or Jesse, Lord, I thank you that we're, we're a part of a body and I just trust that others made that connection. But I'm telling you, it, it wrecks me. Like, that's my desire. I want to connect with everyone. That's why I beeline to that front door as quick as I can because I'm hoping, I mean, I blocked the door for crying out loud. Like, you know, I, you know, I want to see all of y'all. But here's the thing. That's just a weird thing about how I'm built. But it, it's not supposed to be that maybe necessarily I can touch everybody. We are supposed to be the body. And we are supposed to be connecting with one another and encouraging one another and loving on one another and letting others know that they are seen and heard and important. We are the body. And so Sunday morning is a vital part of this work of multiplying ourselves. I, I read this often, but Psalm 122, one says this, I was overjoyed when they said, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Sunday might be my favorite day of the week. I, I love Friday nights. I love Fridays. You like that, woohoo. Saturdays are great, but man, I love Sundays. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says this, Therefore, brothers, 
since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing clear. This is such an amazing picture of of church community, of committed church community that we uplift one another, encourage one another, and speak into one another's lives, and we give to one another, and we love one another, and we grow in friendship. Number two, connect groups. It's funny, in my notes, like this much on Sunday morning, and then the rest of them are like, connect groups, togetherness, like, but Sunday morning is just vital. So connect groups. These small groups meet outside of the church building most often. They can meet here, but they meet outside the church, oftentimes in homes. Our, our Bible study meets online, and they're vital in growing relationships. Discipleship happens as people connect with one another and they connect with God. Discipleship includes discussing and studying Scripture, but it also includes talking and laughing and sitting and being present with one another. It includes that just being connected. The third one, the third strategy, togetherness. Together. And it's just those times when we are intentional about being together. And these events can take place in the daytime and nighttime. They can take place on Friday nights around a campfire. They're for men, they're for women, they're for teens, they're for children. And they promote friendship and growth. And they don't have to be hyper spiritual. But there has to be an invitation for, for Christ to be there in the midst of us. But they're vital. They meet in around eating, drinking, walking, talking, fire pits, worship, and studies. Uh, that part about eating, drinking, walking, the drinking part, someone on my team said, hey, can you kind of bring clarity to that? And the bottom line is our culture, like so much around our culture revolves around doing something together over a beverage. Hey, let's grab a coffee. A tea, a boba, a beer, a Coca-Cola, whatever. I don't know why. Maybe it's because if we, every time we wanted to get together, we ate a meal together, we'd all be massive. I don't know. <laughs> right? But it's like, hey, let's grab a coffee. That's great. So that's, that's what that's about. But, but here's the key, the intentionality of connecting with one another. Community outreach. That's that fourth strategy on that chart right there. These community events show people the love of God by providing practical and tangible needs. These expressions are among the most impactful that we do. Can, can I just be perfectly blunt 
with y'all, like perfectly honest. When, when we have a community outreach event, be a part. The, 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 the first time you hear it announced, purpose in your heart and then take out your calendar and say, boom, I'm in. These events are us events. These events aren't just a few events, like, oh, those that are community outreach oriented. It is an us event, and us are able to connect with them. Whoever them are, whoever the people are outside this place. Jenny made an announcement today about the the Erie Police Department barbecue. That is on Wednesday at 12 o'clock on August 16th. That should be in all of our calendar, if possible. And I understand, I mean, some people don't have the, the, the bandwidth on a Wednesday afternoon to miss work. But some do. Some can take a, a two-hour lunch break and be here and say, hey, I, I can be here to help set up, and then i got to take off at 12.30 or whatever. But we get to go to the Erie Police Department, and we get to set up, and we get to talk with them and interact with them and we get to cook for them and we get to serve them and, and we get to take their, their trash. We get to say, hey, you got room for another brat? Come on, I, you got a little more room. Another burger? What do you want? Like, we get to connect with them. We get to let them know they are loved. I guarantee the Lord will be open, opening up opportunities for us to pray with some, to talk with some, to encourage And that is an outreach event. It's beyond these walls. And events like that, when we hear about them, we need to say, I'm in. Yes, Lord. All right. There we go. Things in the closet fell down. As long as it's not toxic chemicals, I think we're good. If Andy doesn't come back in a few minutes, it was toxic chemicals. Okay, okay, he's back. He's good. All right. So you guys, these four areas are the strategy that God has given us to put this, this mission into motion. Let's talk about leadership real quick. And I, I'm going to have to fly by some things, so forgive me if I start talking super fast. Leaders. Impact Rock is full of leaders. Full of leaders. Many have official capacities or official responsibilities or titles. But many don't. But let's name, let's name a few that do. Let's name, let's, let's name a few of those leaders. Everyone who's up here on this platform leading us in worship every single week is a leader. By the way, uh, just the whole worship team was awesome today, but our vocalists especially shine today. That was just so beautiful. I loved it. But they get up here and they lead and they're faithful and they practice and they meet together and they give up their time and they are leaders. And when we, me being with you, when we are out here, our response is to follow their lead and go deeper into the presence of the Lord. Magnifying Him. Being touched by Him. Peter. Peter leads our weekly men's Bible study. Rachel, Rachel leads hospitality and she's got a team of people that are on her team and they lead in, in bringing us warmth and hospitality and making our guests feel even more at home when they walk through those doors. It's amazing. Andy Euchre leads the charge anytime there's a construction project that's needed here at this church. You don't have to have, he doesn't have a title. 
he doesn't have a chief, building, volunteer, whatever. I was thinking for something like, like a really good, nothing came, so whatever. He doesn't have a title, he just has the heart. He just has the heart to, to serve in this local church community. We also have leaders who lead in a very official and invited capacity. We have a leadership team. We have deacons and we have elders. Uh, not everyone who's on the leadership team is a deacon or an elder, but everyone leads. So uh, today we, I want to actually highlight who our leadership team is. It's made up of 15 people. So I'm going alphabetically. Last name. Uh, Kim Ainsworth. Kim, can you stand and wave? Kim is on our Impact Rock leadership team. Yes. Um, and then we're going to have pictures here. Uh, John and Lainey D'Addario. This is actually a very fresh picture from Hawaii, where they are right now. Um, so John and Lainey are on our leadership team. David and Debbie Horn. They're like, we're not standing. We're just, we're just waving right there. Uh, Jacob and Brittany Janish. We have a picture of them as well. Uh, Jacob's in Illinois, Brittany's camping, um, but uh, they're on our team. Uh, Eric and Michelle Magelson in the back here. And then we have um, Don and Elaine Pike, who are deacons at Impact Rock. And we have, we have a picture of them as well. I love that picture. Just, even though they're here, I just wanted to show that. Uh, and then um, Andy and Kim Smith uh, are on the pastoral team here at Impact Rock, and Kara and I. And then we have a lovely picture of us as well. This team is all in on vision, on mission, on the work of helping people love and follow Jesus, and they do so incredibly. And here's what I love. This team is diverse. This team is committed. This team is passionate and driven and unique and opinionated and awesome. It's incredible. And there's 15 people that I just highlighted, but I need to make this clear. There's room for more. Because if we have vision for what God wants us to do in this place, then we need more leaders. We need people willing to say, hey, I, I'm willing to serve, but I'm willing to do even more. Whatever, whatever is needed. And people with a passion of working in that tight team environment, even though... There's times it can be tiring. There's times the commitment um, is not always just like fun and laughter. There's times it's, you know, there's work and there's commitment and there's investment. Leadership. Uh, I want to take a second and I want to read, you know, we, we mentioned that the Pikes are deacons. And church, we need more more deacons. And that's, that the Harpers and the Smiths are elders slash pastors. And I'm telling you right now, we need more, we need more people on our eldership team. The two, two couples is not enough. Like we are full of faith and full of vision and full of prayer asking the Lord to multiply. So the Bible uses many words for, for pastors and elders, uh, including overseer, bishop, shepherd, presbyter, guardian. But the same task, the same role is that of pastor. And I want to read... First uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and I'm just going to jump quickly then to the next verse, verse 8. It says this, The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, no polygamy here, 
sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceits and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into an act, uh, into a snare of the devil. Of these qualifications I just read, only one of everything I've read, only one indicates the need for a spiritual gift. And do you guys, did you see what that one was? Able to teach. Able to teach. Everything else falls under the category of character. Character qualifies us for leadership. And this is not just for, for elders. This is not just for deacons. This is in Christian leadership. It is character that qualifies us. Next verse, verse 8. Deacons likewise. So basically, everything that he just got done saying, that Paul just got done saying, deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I love that. And I love the redundancy of this. I love the overlap of this. It's all highlighting character. Real quick, a couple of bullet points. Deacons are men and women with recognized wisdom, reputation, and grace who the elders choose for this, uh, for this function of see, uh, servant leadership. But these leaders, the deacons, they have a choice in the matter. They can say no. We as a team can say, hey, we've we, we got vision for you. We, we want to invite you to, to serve on our, our deacon team. And, and this isn't like a monarchy. They get to say, let me pray about it and let me think about it. Or, hey, uh, no, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Really appreciate it, but no. But for those who say yes, they must support and own the mission of the church. They must support and own the support of the pastoral team. When the Bible talks about deacons, it talks about them in reference to being a blessing and a support to the pastors that actually frees up the elders to do the work of studying the word and ministry. It's a vital, vital ministry. Our, our deacons, Don and Elaine, uh, are amazing. Amazing people with just the most incredible reputation and good name and love and faith and faithfulness. The office of the elder is the other biblical office found in the New Testament and it is the sole governing group of the New Testament church, of the body. 
In the U.S., the word pastor is used, and so we're familiar with that term. But if you were to go into South Africa, people don't use the term pastor. They use the term elder. And in other places, they might you know, use the phrase overseer. So they're all synonymous for that work of shepherding and guiding and, and protecting and, and proclaiming Christ. We see in Scripture that elders provide direction, doctrine, and discipline. And they shepherd the flock. Elders are accountable to God for the governance of the church, which includes those things I mentioned, guiding, guarding, teaching, prayer, and ministry of the word. 1 Timothy 4.16 says this, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. And, And Paul was speaking to elders Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and the hearers. Peter says this in 1 Peter 5, 1-3. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. The pastoral team, it consists of me and Kara, Andy and Kim. It's us and, and our wives. Andy and I and our wives. And there's certain things that, that, we, that we do that Kara and Kim don't do. If there's to be an issue of discipline, which I'm just letting you know in 14 years, We've never had a severe issue of discipline. We've had, we've had to come to people with some correction, and it was well-received, and, and we've moved on together, and it's been wonderful. But in the event that there would be an issue of church discipline, that comes from one of us. Possibly, probably both of us. With love, but also with a shepherd's heart of saying, okay, it's gotten to a point now where we've got to have a talk. Now, I'm letting you know, in 14 years, we've never had to execute church discipline. I was looking for another word other than execute. Because it just sounded, it just, in my mind, I'm thinking like guillotine, right? <laughs> it, it was, you know, we don't, we don't guillotine. We don't do that. Okay. Let's talk about commitments. Yeah. Commitment. This is what you can expect from this pastoral team. And you should expect. You should have expectations. Our pastoral team makes this commitment to you. Leadership by example in all areas of our life. We just read those passages from First Timothy 3. Genuine affection for the people of God. You can expect biblical preaching, prayer, and ministry. You can expect relational, ministerial, availability to you. And the last one that we have listed here, authentic living that is above reproach. We're committed to you. We have weighed the cost. We know the cost of pastoring and we've said yes to the Lord in this and we're committed to leading you, the people that God has put in our charge, in our care. You're not our people, You're not our people. You belong to Christ. But he has 
assigned us as shepherd over his sheep. And we take it super seriously. And we also we, we consider it the highest honor. We're committed to you. But commitment goes both ways. You must be committed as well. Now your commitment's different. But here's where it begins. It begins with the recognition that God called you here. Hear me. Because this matters. You recognize that God called you here. You didn't just choose here. See, because if you just chose here, you could be like, I did stellar research. My web searching skills are without peer. And I searched all the local area churches and listened to messages and looked at the profile pictures and I Google stalked you and Facebook stalked you and all the things and I chose to come here. See, here's the thing. If we have this, this approach that we've chosen this, and what happens the first time somebody you sit next to offends you or disappoints you or someone on the platform offends you or disappoints you, then you get to what? Ah, I just choose somewhere else. I just choose to be out. I chose to be here. I choose to be out. But if we take it seriously and say, no, God called me here and I'm to let my roots go down. And, you, and, and, and I want those roots to go down so that they just can't be easily yanked out. And when we have issues, we're going we're gonna to approach each other with love and grace and transparency. And, and we, we see in Scripture a process that we're going to walk this out. Matthew gives us a process of going to one another. And if they don't receive it, bring a buddy. And if they don't receive it, bring a pastor. And if they don't receive it, then, then you treat them as, as a Gentile, which... From our experience, what we see is the treating of those who don't know about Christ. We treat them with grace and love. We lower the bar a little bit in our expectations and we just say, okay, I guess we've got to start back with ground zero. And that's okay, because I'm willing to walk this out with you. If it's God that called you here, then he called you to this body of believers that meets in this building that has these pastors that's called to this mission. And you have a role because we, we don't want attenders here. We don't. We don't want mere attenders. We want brotherhood and sisterhood and partnership and connection. And we want to make a difference bigger than us. We want to make an impact bigger than us. Can I get an amen? amen. That's not my notes. I just feel like a good time for an Amen. As partners with IRC, we ask you to invest in our values and be involved in the life of the church. And this is a four-fold commitment. So we can pull up that graphic. Yes, sir. Number one, commitment to grow. We need the church to be healthy and strong, so we need for you to be healthy and strong. There's got to be a commitment to grow. That commitment never ends. We are constantly growing. You guys, if you would have been uh, members of Impact Rock Church almost 14 years ago when we planted, I promise you this, I am not the same pastor I was 14 years ago. Thank God. I've grown. I've matured. And I've, done, I've done some things poorly. I've done some things that lacked grace or patience or love. I've grown. I am not the same. Thank God. We all should be growing Teachability should be one of the things that we just value. Being teachable. Never being so haughty that we think we know it all. 
there's people in this room that I'm like, well, there's, there's some folks in this room that I think, like, know a lot. But I also know that they're teachable and that they're hungry for more. Commitment to grow. And the easiest and most effective way to consistently grow is to faithfully attend Sunday worship service. And hear me, and participate purposefully in three of the four Sundays of the month. I talked about the commitment that you have to us. That's the commitment we're looking for. Because when we're together, we all have a different role to play. We're all a different, irreplaceable part of the body that works together. Can I also throw this out there? This, this is, I'm going to say this probably a few times over the next couple of months. A commitment to be here on time slash early. Um, so we start the service with, with a full house, man, like that would be awesome. Okay, next one, commitment to serve. As a church community, we ask for everyone to serve on a team. Everyone to serve on a team. If not multiple teams, now we will guard, we will be protective of you. If we see you're serving too much, and there is a serving too much, if, if other things are being neglected, if your family's being neglected or your, your rest is being neglected, we will protect you. I promise you that. I give you our word. If you're trying to serve too much, we'll be like, hey, think we can just be out there and worship and don't do anything but just be with the people and, and then follow the Holy Spirit's leading that day, whatever he wants you to do. But we, we ask you guys to serve on a team. Doing so will help you integrate into and invest in the mission of Impact Rock. And serving also includes living out the mission of Jesus beyond Sunday mornings. And we're not there to monitor that. And we're not there to oversee that. But we are here to challenge you and sharpen you and disciple you and bring the word to you so that you are so full of the Lord that when you leave this place, you're serving, you're representing Christ outside these walls, outside of Sundays, in your neighborhood and your workplace. And yeah, man, what an amazing service that Rick did as a neighbor this morning, calling me up being biscuits and gravy. You got some? I'll meet you in the street. That's awesome. I love that. Commitment to generosity. Be generous in all areas of your life, including finances. All right. So tithing, which means 10th or 10%, it is a scriptural pattern. It's a scriptural principle. And the Bible is clear that the tithe goes to the, it is to be released into the local church. Now, giving and generosity and every, offerings that go beyond the tithe, you have say wherever you want that to go. But God loves his church so much, he wants her cared for and strengthened and provided for. And if you're here, you have to trust this work we're doing and, and release the ties into this place so that everything that God's put on, us heart, on our heart to do and to walk out, we can do. For example, do you think brats by themselves? Do you think hamburgers by themselves? Or propane or tomatoes or lettuce or all the condiments, all the condiments, paper plates, napkins, drinks, ice, 
Everything that will go into feeding Erie's police department, we're not asking them to pay a penny. We won't let them pay a penny. If someone tries to tip us, we're like, no, no, take your wife to a coffee or, you know, give it to a neighborhood kid, lemonade, I don't know. So we're, we're picking up the tab into that. You guys fund that work. We would love. So, so how far do I go? All right. So I'm, when I was in the corporate world before planting this church, I made over 200000 a year, and it was awesome. And I tithed over $20,000 a year, and I gave offerings well above it, and it was the funnest season of our lives. We never left the house without our checkbook. We loved we loved writing checks for a thousand bucks. Just a thousand bucks here. Oh my gosh, a thousand bucks. We just, we loved to give. And we lived on such a meager, we'd never made that kind of money before. But I, I was partner in a business. And it was awesome. We loved living generously. And when, when I walked away from the corporate world, uh, in 2014 I started getting a salary, and we went from over 200000 to, I, I, I think I was on part-time salary for a while, and then it got bumped up to sixty thousand. So that's what I make. I make sixty thousand a year, and since two thousand fourteen, oh, that's when, that's when I started making sixty thousand. So six, two thousand fourteen, I haven't uh, had a raise, and we haven't been able to bring anyone else on onto staff. I'm the only staff member at this church. But I'm letting you know right now. I pray for the day that Andy can walk away from his perfectly good job and join us here full-time. Imagine the things that we can get done, that we can accomplish, and just the joys we can have in doing even more for the Lord together. And that's his heart. That is his heart too. But right now, we're responsible with the resources that come into this place. So we can't do that. As a matter of fact, we can't, hide some, we can't hire someone part-time. So we're praying for a revelation to come of, of giving and tithes. And you know what? I know tithe means tenth, but maybe you can't do... 10%. Maybe right now you can do 4% and say, Lord, I'm going to increase that every year until I get to 10. But Lord, right now, I, it's a tough economy and it's tough, I, I can only do 4. Man, the, the Lord sees that. But here's the point. To live generously understanding that this giving is to advance the kingdom. Now, I, already, I just got done saying how much I loved that season of generosity. But to walk away from that for the honor of pastoring was a joy because he is my prize. In that time, we haven't missed a bill. We haven't missed a meal, clearly. As I turned the profile, clearly. <laughs> Hold on, I'll suck it up. God's faithful. God's faithful. So I just want to encourage you guys, take seriously the commitment to Generosity. Commitment to community. We don't do life alone. We do it together. So get plugged in and connected to others. Andy's, he's going to come up here and share a story of just his experience of the importance of a, being a member of a committed church community. So guys, community and commitment to community is uh, a huge part of what we're asking. And, and the reason we're asking for that is because we know the benefit of it. I've experienced times in my life when I had strong church community, and I've experienced times in my life when I haven't. <clears throat> um, 
you know, when, when things are going well, when uh, you have things to celebrate, you, you want friends, you want community, you want people to join in that joy with you. And that part's usually pretty easy, but when you don't have a tight community and things aren't so great and you're walking through a hard season, that one's a little harder. It, it's not something that without that depth of relationship, it's not something that you're quick to go share. And, and you know, Jesus is our Savior, and Jesus is our Deliverer, and we should always run to Jesus with our heavy things, but <clears throat> there's such benefit in having community of people to come alongside you and remind you of that, to point you to Jesus. There was a time <clears throat> in between uh, the church that I first went to <clears throat> and coming to Impact Rock where we weren't committed to community, um, the church that we had been attending, uh, there was a mor- moral failure of the pastor, and and it fell apart. And through the the hurt and and all the pain, like all of us in that church community, we lost our community. It's just that's how it ended up. And for years after that, two or three years, you know, Kim and I and our family, we bounced around to different churches, and we finally found one that we kind of landed at. But we weren't committed. We attended a couple times a month, maybe. Um, we didn't, we weren't intentional about reaching out to people, getting to know people, building relationships, serving. Um, we, you know, we, we, Mark keeps talking about, we, we don't want attenders. Well, we were attenders at that time. We weren't partners. But it was a hard season. You know, we were going through some financial stuff and just experiencing the hurt of our last church and, and we kind of walked through it alone. And it's, it's just hard. So our, ask of commitment to community is, is for your benefit um, in the good times and in the rough times because then you have people around you that will point you to Jesus, that will walk alongside you, that will help you out and walk you through it. And on the flip side of that, so there's, there's a benefit there, but on the flip side of that, when you're in that community and you have those connections, you get to be uh, the guy who's in a good place and, and helping somebody struggle too. And I've gotten to be a blessing in that way. And it's, it's huge. It just fills, it warms my heart when you get to come alongside somebody that's just having a hard time and you point them to Jesus and you remind them that, you know, it's all going to be okay and that he will provide or whatever the case may be. So friends, that's, you know, for sake of time, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But just, just know that that's why we ask for that commitment. We want depth of relationship. We want um, you to experience the joys of friendship in good times, but also so that you have that depth and, and you can bring your hurt and your, and your stuff to Jesus first, but to others as well that, that can kind of help remind you of the goodness of God. Thanks, Andy. All right, I'm, I'm landing here, so... But when I, when I point our musician to come up, in part, that's, that's like a reminder for me, like, Mark, you are landing here. So again, the, those four commitments that we look for you all for, the commitment to grow, that you'll commit to grow, commitment to serve, commitment to generosity, and commitment to community. Now, I'm going to tell you a cool story. Don't get hung up on the alcohol part of this, okay? I don't know if you drink or not. Just don't get hung up on that part. Uh, Rachel cuts my hair this hair not this hair this hair doesn't exist she cuts this hair once a month and uh when i get stressed i pluck and she knows this i pluck with my left hand on the left side and i 
There's times I've plucked a size, a hole like the size of a quarter when I'm stressed. Because I'm, usually I'm at my computer and my elbow's right here and my right hand is on the mouse. And I just start plucking. So she notices when I, when I pluck and she's like, what are you stressed about? What are you stressed about? You're plucking. And so I'll tell her, I'm like, yeah, just, I'll just paint her like a broad picture, you know, with a broad brush. brush. So after one of those times, um, she shows up with a homemade, I believe it was peach moonshine. And she said, next time you feel stressed, just take a sip of this. Don't pluck. Don't pluck. Just take a little sip. Just sit quietly, sip on this, and, and, and know it's going to be okay. Oh, my gosh. What, what a thoughtful recognition of somebody being in a place of stress and just a simple, loving gesture. I think that's amazing. We don't have to super spiritualize everything. There's sometimes it's the practical touch that's needed. And we're supposed to be there for one another. And we're also supposed to be vulnerable with one another. I kind of made up some story about, I've got a weird, you know, skin condition where hair just falls out right here. But I was honest. I'm like, I'm stressed. When I, when I do that, it's because I'm stressed. And she could have just, oh, that stinks kept trimming you guys we're supposed to do life together we have one more graphic to show that 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 commitment graphic if if i can just be candid with you guys if there's not that commitment on your end to to grow to serve for generosity and for community that handcuffs us in a certain by a certain way. We're handcuffed. We're limited in how we can serve you. We're limited in how we can pastor you. Like my buddy Will, I don't think he was worried about scaring me off as a friend. And he was direct with me. You weren't there for me. You hurt me. I don't think he was worried about losing me as a friend. I don't. And it catapulted our relationship to the next level. But I'm telling you, there's times if I've got, if if one of us or even our wives, if we've got to make the hard call, we've got to know there is substance to this relationship so that we can make the hard call. And if that means speaking in candor or with even broaching the topic, if, if Kara were to come to one of you, you know, ladies and say, hey, I, just, can I, I love you, but can I just point something out? Man, I, I heard you yelling at your kid, and it wasn't just like a correction. Like you were, that was rough. Sweetie, I love you, but that was rough. Well, there was no kindness and there was no grace. And so what's going on? What's going on? I mean, be honest with, I mean, if Kara were to come to one of you, I think for most of you on this place, you'd go, and you'd probably just start crying. I'm going through this, I'm going through this, and this is so heavy. But I'm telling you, there's got to be a foundation before we can pastor you in that way. There's got to be a trust that we can come to you with difficult things. And there's a buddy of mine, Josh Tarrant, used to be deacons in this place. He was a drummer. Um, the, the, Josh and Megan Tarrant were awesome. I mean, they're awesome, awesome people. They're, he's captain in the Space Force, lives outside of D.C. And there was one time I was trying to be funny in a dude setting, and I, just effort to be kind of funny, 
he just turns to me and he goes, not cool. <laughs> and he was totally right. He did it quiet enough. Like he didn't like rebuke me in front of the crowd. Like he, he, but he looked at me, not cool. And went back to, because someone else was talking. And I felt embarrassed. I felt like that small, but he was absolutely right. And this is my brother. And we had foundation in that relationship. And I respected him for it. That's, that comes through commitment, you guys. And so we're asking y'all to be commit, committed to this place and this work and this mission and this team. And we're letting you know we are absolutely committed to you. I'm going to make three statements. Uh, th- this reflects a general commitment. And it allows us to a uh, general pastoral care. It says, I- I've been to Impact Rock I attend every once in a while and I have relationships at Impact Rock and I sometimes participate in outreach opportunities or giving or I'll throw 20 bucks here and there. That's not what we're looking for. And that's not what you're looking for. That's never going to satisfy. The middle ground is just commitment and pastoral care and allowing us to truly pastor you, but like just on a general level. It says, I go to Impact Rock. I attend once or twice a month. I give sometimes. I go to Connect Group when I can. And I serve when I'm free. So that's not a bad thing. But we want more. We don't want to date you anymore. Like we want, we want this marriage. We want this commitment. We want this union. We want this partnership. And the last one is, I'm committed to Impact Rock. I'm all in with the church. I attend weekly. I tithe. I serve. And I'm active in a connect group. Why do we point those things out? Because in our 14 years of of being a church, in our 12 years of being a pastoral team together, we've identified this, that this is when people thrive. And we want you to thrive. And this is when the church thrives, and we want the church to thrive. So I've got these... I've got these little cards. They're not cards, they're paper. They're on the corner of the coffee bar here. Whether you've been here for years or whether you've been here just a few months, we want you to take one of these and we want you to read it over. And here's, here's I listed what you can expect from us and then there's a line. I blank have thoroughly read through this entire document. The document is everything that we've been preaching. If we can pull up the graphic with the QR code, please. Um, That's what we've been talking about the last four weeks. There's a document online and it lays it all out there and then some. I've thoroughly read this entire document and understand what it means to participate in a genuine biblical church community and I'm in. I commit to Impact Rock Church. So, the line there, here's what I'd like. Print your name. Number one, I want to be able to read your name. And if you guys sign this, like, I won't be able to read your name. Print your name. But also, some people are weird about signing stuff, and I get it. So you don't have to sign it. This is the, I'm in. I'm committed. We don't need a signature. I do want to be able to read your name. If you're all in and you're committed to this place, we're going to save every single one of these. We're going to put these in a folder. And this means something to us. And it should mean something to you. And I be- we're convinced that we're in a new season. We're convinced that we're in a new season. 
and that God has incredible things for us. And as we link arms together and walk this out, I'm convinced we're going to experience breakthrough in ways we haven't seen breakthrough and joys in ways that we've been believing God for and friendships and relationships that are fulfilling and kingdom work that is effective and fruitful. Here's what we're asking. We have Sabbath Sunday next week. Don't show up. There won't be church. Kara and I will be in Vegas. She'll be tanning. I'll be sunburning. It's going to be glorious. But the week after, come back. And if in two weeks you've made a decision, bring this with you and give it to us. If you haven't made a decision, if you're, there, if you're not there yet, that's okay. We, we just keep doing life together. We'll circle back at another time. If you're not there, you're not there. and that's, I understand that. We understand that. But if you're there, I don't... Even if you've been here a long, long time, we still want this. Because this is what the Lord's put on our heart to do. So these are on the counter over there. Um, is that good enough or should we have someone hand these out? Michelle, you're super organized. Is it, are they fine there on the counter or should we have people hand these out? What's your, what's your call on the counter? Boom. You guys, I love y'all. I know I went late this week. I even told Kara, I'm like, babe, don't do long worship today. Don't do long worship. I got a long preach in me. There's a lot of content to cover. So thanks to you guys for, for bearing with us. Let this be an invitation to more discussion. If there's things in that booklet you don't understand, let's grab a beverage, a liquid of some sort. Let's get together. Let's talk. Ask the questions. Let's chew on it. You know, let, let us unpack something for you if, if there's not clarity there. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, um, Holy Spirit, we're so dependent on you. We're so dependent on you. Would you just take what uh, a flawed man has stood up here and, and shared before a hungry people. And would you just anoint it so that it penetrates our hearts and that we're hearing what you want us to hear. Not, not my words, but Holy Spirit, your words. Would you just, we, we need you to just bring life to us in every way and to help us to see the bigness of this, not little church, but big kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen.